This is episode 19 of the Saints Edified podcast. I'm your host, Arturo, and thank you once again for tuning in. In the last episode, we introduced Ben and Anne-Marie Salazar. They are uh, co-founders of the Ark Support Rushes Ministry, which is a pro-life ministry here in Bakersfield, California. Recently, we had the privilege uh, to go out to the Women's March, and we were able to protest and speak for the unborn. Um, and I'm happy to say that it was a fruitful and beneficial protest. It, it, we engaged quite a few people there. And, and I just think it was a, a uh, overall good time. And I am just so proud to be able to minister with people like Ben and Amaris. Today we continue our discussion with, uh, with Ben and Amaris and, and we get even deeper into um, this whole idea of fighting against abortion and being strategic and, and having a methodology along the way. So in this part of the discussion, it might get a little bit too technical. However, um, just be sure to take notes because they do cover a lot and it's very, very helpful. So um, one more thing too, Ben is a new author for Saints Edified. He actually wrote about the topic he discusses in this episode, in this part of the discussion. So I'll go, I'm going to go ahead and link his article in the description and and please take a few min- a few minutes to to read that article it's so helpful and, and and i'm sure you'll find it useful and if anything maybe you might be challenged by it so i don't want to waste too much of your time i'll go ahead and play the audio now enjoy quasi-humans we deny them the rank of persons yeah wow yeah man so okay okay so what do you guys think about the pro-life ministry or movement today, and especially in our, in our country? Personally, I'm grateful for anyone, whether a believer or not, who believes that abortion is a criminal act or immoral at any level, right? That, that's a good thing. Any mind change on this issue is a cause for, for rejoicing. There's two aspects, though, that do bring me concern. And number one, to try to speak on this issue apart from an objective, transcendent ground of morality. And number two, in terms of law, they often seem to be kind of getting in the way of bills that would actually bring about the end of abortion in specific states or localities, which to me begs the question of what is the purpose of the, of the pro-life movement in the first place. So that's what I would say. And it, it seems like you guys have like a well-balanced approach. Do you think in America right now that our um, pro-life ministries and movements, you think it's, in a good, it's going in a good direction? Or what Nick said is that they actually uh, limit themselves mm-hmm. by not using scripture, for example, mm-hmm. you know, so. Like at Survivors, I don't know how it is now, um, but it was looks down to quote scripture because we also partnered with um, Roman Catholics and they were, um, we didn't want to step on too many toes as far as theology goes. Okay. So we just put it off the table completely, like any theology or any, really any gospel at all, which mm-hmm. I don't agree with at all. Our survivors went when I was doing that. We want we're wanting to hold accountable the churches that were only like two minutes away from the worship. Oh, I see. like okay. I was like, look what's happening! Literally walking distance from your church, you should be doing more. Right. Um, um, I do feel like there's not enough being done right now. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel as just a society, mm-hmm. <laughs> even within the Christian society, we're numb to what's happening it's murder is one of the most horrendous actions a person can commit and yet we treat it like it's just part of america abortion happens and we'll do what we can but 
not much is going to happen. And what you just said right there was exactly what I think about what's going on in America today with mm-hmm. the pro-life ministry. Mm-hmm. Let, let the few, five to ten people do their thing. Mm-hmm. But there's not really a hope that it's going to be abolished. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, well, it's a thing that we just have to deal with. You know? a, a defeatist kind of approach. Yeah, yeah. Right. You guys are basically saying, look what's happening in your backyard, you know, yeah. right in front of you, and yeah. no one's mentioning anything, right? right? You guys should at least have a ministry or something. You yes, know? Right. And I'm sure you guys are, and maybe you guys even offered help. Like, here's some pamphlets. We did. Yeah, oh, yeah, so. You had the pulse on exactly what was going on. Right, nice. Okay. Right, so. Look, the, the church has a long-standing involvement in the protection of the unborn, right? We were mentioning earlier about the Dirake and and how early this, this has been going on, but it includes infanticide. So, like, the Romans would leave uh, newborns and other unwanted children out exposed to the elements just left to die. It was Christians that would stand in the gap yes. and pick them up and uh, protect them and save them from death. Mm-hmm. So, definitely, uh, that is... Uh, that is obeying the positive injunction of the sixth commandment to okay. thou shalt not kill, but what is the opposite of that? Preserve the life of your neighbor. Mm-hmm. So definitely that is an element that needs to be discussed. What should be the church's involvement and what does that look like? Personally, I don't think that picketing churches is the right approach. Okay. But I, I do agree that the involvement the, or or there is no noise from the church almost at all on the issue of abortion. It, it's it's empty. Mm-hmm. The, the mills should be full of people from the church. However, uh, if we go, for example, to Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, and let me read it real quick. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. And so they then choose seven men and they give them this responsibility uh, because the, the apostles said, we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. So what do I think uh, the, the church's involvement should be? Uh, it, remember that the church has one calling, to preach the word of God, the unchanging, omnipotent God who can save people, who calls people to repentance and faith in Christ and then to walk in holiness. So the pastors and elders are not necessarily meant to be involved in every possible issue out there. Because if you it's want to impossible. talk about, <laughs> right, about injustice, yeah. there's much more than just abortion. And that's mm-hmm. something that pro-choicers charge us a lot with. Why aren't you out there? doing everything for everything else right mm-hmm. but uh really you know if you if you try to to put just think about if at, at your workplace mm-hmm. say that your boss told you okay i need you to to man the revenue recovery window and be in human resources and be uh you know filing the all everything Pick downstairs room. you can't do everything Right. right? And, and you're not going to be good at anything because you are doing everything. And so there is wisdom in what I just read from Acts chapter 6 in delegating. And so I, I while I don't think that um, churches are able to be involved in everything and, and, and pastors and elders need to devote their time to the preaching, the studying of the word to the people, uh, they I do think that there is an obligation because of the sixth commandment to encourage the formation of groups 
that will uh, uh, band together and that the elders will oversee, that the elders will help, that the elders will support, that the elders will train in evangelism, uh, that the that also that they will uh, support with anything that they need. For example, we go out there and we don't want to just, number one, we do want to share the gospel with people. We do want to call people to, to not murder the babies. But we also want to tell them, if you need diapers, mm. We have those for you. If you need food and 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 milk for your baby, living out the gospel, and that's only possible with the backing of a church. It's impossible for right. one person or one family right. to take up all that responsibility. Right. We do need Christians out here willing to make themselves available in any capacity because mm-hmm. there is a need, a deep need for um, mothers and families. Struggling. Yeah. It's an encouragement to have the church back you up in this. We're beyond thankful that we feel like we're blessed with yeah. that right now. Our, our church is, is praying for us. Actually, tomorrow evening, they're including Arts of Bull Rushes in their prayer list in our evening service. So we're, we're very yeah, blessed actively by that. reminding us, like, hey, what can we pray for you about? Right. Which is like yeah. beyond a blessing mm-hmm. is, for yeah. us. Because sometimes it's easy to feel alone. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it's not an easy ministry no and and i'm sure i'm sure the the leadership is thankful Mm -hmm. you know that that their um that their members are out there you know oh yeah so i I know for a fact randy is he 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 thinks you guys are a huge blessing and the fact that chris and us and and a few others are involved that's cool he he, he knows it's a it's a huge impact and it's a blessing so i i just i I understand the the i guess a point of wisdom i understand the urgency in manning the abortion mills, right? So we're, we're talking about how there's very few people at the church out there mm-hmm. and that we need more people. Right. Uh, I mean, just to add to the point of the urgency, uh, do you do you know uh, what the 2000, 2018 through 2019 fiscal year of Planned Parenthood's report states about how many abortions were performed? Do you know that? I number? don't know that. And remember, these are only reported. So. Exactly. Just take a guess. Take a wild guess. For the year? For the fiscal year 2018-2019. Let's say uh, for Planned Parenthood only. Let's say, like, I don't know, I'll throw a number out, uh, 3,000. You are actually close, but it's uh, 345,672. Oh. No, that's not close. I you said, said 3,000. I thought you said 300,000. <laughs> well, wow. Three, Times 300. Three hundred thousand, and that's not including family planning. <laughs> so, right. Wait. So three hundred thousand. Three hundred and forty-five thousand. United 672 States, or... in the United States. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. So it, it just awesome. letting that sink in, listener, wow. because yeah, we'll we'll attach a um, a link so people can view, you know, more about that and. Right, and and, Sorry. and wait, this is just Planned Parenthood. Just so, Planned Parenthood. So there's other clinics. There's that, family planning, right. which is I feel almost as big as Planned Planned Parenthood. When I was volunteering um, in Downey, it was a family planning. The oldest abortion mill in Bakersfield is a family planning, so oh. they're pretty big. Man. So my, my point with oh, bringing man. that that number is, you know, we we understand the urgency. It's similar to people dying every day without hearing about Jesus, or it's similar to to people starving around the world. Uh, there's an urgency, right? But the worst thing that churches can do, I think, is to just grab a few people, 
put them out there in the abortion mills and would provide them no mental, spiritual, emotional preparation mm. uh, and, and just send them out there. Why? Because of an urgency, because babies are dying. Yeah. It, it, that, that would be very unwise. And churches should be training people how to evangelize, how to speak clearly, how to reason, how to discourse, how to love people, how to be civil. Uh, John Calvin said, zeal without knowledge is like a sword in the hand of a lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> so that couldn't be any more true in this. And, and I can this, attest to that. <laughs> right. And this, this My is coming, first years are... <laughs> but this is coming from John Calvin, a pastor who established an academy that trained people that knew they were, they were training to die. They were about to be yeah. martyred because yeah. of the preaching of the gospel. So he understood the urgency, right. but he still understood also the importance of uh, being knowledgeable. So I believe patience, training, and preparation is key. That should never be compromised because God's sacred and beautiful truth yeah. would be compromised right. if we just send people out there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's, I mean, anyone who hears that, if they don't, I, and I asked this too on my Sin Edified uh, group, uh, you know, if your church has a pro life ministry, and I think it was like a number of like 80% said no, or 90% said no. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, given it's not like a an accurate poll, it's only just the people that are in there. Sure. But um, still, I mean, just I can see that being true, though, you know, and not, not many churches have a established um, pro-life ministry. I mean, the gospel, the actual gospel kind of should enliven us to care about life because the gospel is life. When I asked Nick what caused him to go to pro-life ministry early mm-hmm. on, he's, right. he's only been saved for like six years. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So it's like, uh, I asked him, like, well, what caused you to just go straight forward? And, like, he, he went head first into this, you know? Mm-hmm. And he, he had his way of explaining it. And uh, at the end, if I had concluded, you know, and I said it, I was like, so basically you're saying just being a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hearing the gospel and being a Christian is what caused you to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It made me feel like, whoa, like, how come I didn't, I didn't even know about abortion? Mm-hmm. And I, I mean this, I didn't know about abortion until like maybe like, my sophomore junior year wow. of mm-hmm. uh, high school, mm-hmm. you know. So that's um, actually really early. Uh, really oh, long. really? Most people don't know about. Wow. Well, like, yeah, and I only knew I, I only knew about it because of uh, Living Waters and oh. uh, mm-hmm. you know these uh, mm-hmm. things online that I found. Yeah, there's there's one other thing though, uh, as far as churches supporting pro-life groups and why that is important. Mm. You know, when we're when we're out there, uh, a lot of people go to these clinics not to get an abortion, right? So we see a lot of people going there for uh, SCD tests, for uh, contraception, yeah. not, of course, not referring to, to the abortion pill, uh, but anything else that, that, that is offered, they do offer other things. I, yeah. I've even heard that, that uh, family planning is going to offer a diet plan. I mean, I, but would you take a diet plan from a place that kills children I'm not so sure. But the point is that people go there for other things. Yeah. And so in our approach and why I think it's it's important to keep a collected cool mind is we don't like to assume what people go in there for. Right, right. And so we when we see someone come in, we make sure that we tell all our, our volunteers, never assume what they're there for, but offer uh, help and offer hope. Uh, for whatever it is that they need. The survivors but, actually offered that. Nice. And that was something I really, right. really yeah. was encouraged by. Like, we can do more. Like, there's so much we can do. We don't have to limit ourselves to just being out there. Right. And uh, let's say you can't because you have, you know, maybe like six children or right. you work full time. Right. There's so many other ways you can get involved for mostly by praying, um, by like just making your resources available. Like if you have a home, um, or if you have a car, if you need to drive someone 
to we usually refer women to the pregnancy center mm -hmm. so we sometimes need volunteers to take the women to the pregnancy center right. if they don't have a car or even like offer an uber right mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> pay for their uber ride to take them mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. the pregnancy center like those little like what seems little it's not little mm -hmm. in reality but uh actually do a lot for the pro-life movement and by them seeing that love in us um it's hopefully a um glorifies the gospel right. when we do ultimately end up sharing with them the good news of christ mm -hmm. they you know they see that we actually do love them and are backing up our words with action so one thing i talked to nick about um we, we talked about these how there's other resources out there you know you don't have to get an abortion when ever we, yeah when we go out there we're actually offering hope and and they might see it as you're just condemning us mm -hmm. but really no we're offering hope here that's why the gospel is so it's necessary for this yeah they're like the, the verse says christ did not come into the world to condemn the world right right yeah you know, it's already condemned. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. there's nothing like what would be good for us to remind. I mean, yeah. as far as to emphasize that we're right. there to be alongside them. Yeah. But sometimes you have to speak the truth in love. Like, right. if they are being hardened, we gently remind them. You know, please do not mm -hmm. murder your child. We also speak on behalf of the the people that don't have a voice, which is the unborn. Mm -hmm. So we are trying to be multifaceted in right. our love with for the women for the babies and um, for the workers it's it, it's like i said it's a very um multi-layered issue yeah. and that's why anyone can literally help in any way it's even if it's just not physically being at the abortion well there's right. so many other ways you oh can yeah, help. Yeah. yeah no there is um one of ways to, uh, once again, I want to do, do a little plug out there. Arc Civil Rushes on Facebook. <laughs> Go on there and like it. No, I, I wish I could be as good as like Mr. Shapiro, just kind of stop in the mid. Yeah, Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> Facebook.com slash AOB Ministry. That's a good point. AOB Ministry. Because I thought it was the whole. Thing, oh, so. okay. See, okay. I didn't even know that. <laughs> AOB Ministry. That's uh -huh. good. Okay, so. Can I just bring up one more point? Yeah, yeah go okay. We have other goals as, for being out there as well. Even mm -hmm. for those, like you mentioned, Ben, that are not getting abortions, mm -hmm. our one of our main goals is to get them out of the abortion mill. So we do offer um, material like other places they can get birth control, um, other places. I even had um, a flyer once I found out they were doing diet plans mm -hmm. at Family Planet. I started um, offering... Weight Watchers, <laughs> information from local, you know, here we give alternatives because we want family planning to not have business. We want them and to be empty. Right. Yeah, and Planned Parenthood. And, and there's, there's people that because, we don't know because, like, uh, we say Planned Parenthood. Oh, sorry. I, I, thought, I thought that was a... Uh... I didn't realize that that's what that's the place that we go to. Yeah. Here, right? so, so, so family planning is an actual like another Planned Parenthood, but yeah, it's a different business, right? Uh -huh. right okay. There's Planned Parenthood and Family Planning Associates, and okay. they both do abortions. Right. And so our whole goal is oh, one, another one of our um, goals is to essentially shut down, yeah. you know, the the place where they have no more business, mm -hmm. where they're given no more money right. by people whether it's just for birth control or mm. whatever it is mm -hmm. we try to get people away from Which, the place from those businesses that yeah that, yeah, that, 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 yeah they kill children, children. so mm. I, I talked to uh, nick about this last time and he wants to make you know he, t he mentioned the website that we don't have yet yeah we will we will it, it'll be up soon um so
Nick and I, we, we talked about what, what's needed for a pro-life ministry, right? Mm-hmm. And how we have to depend on God. You know, we're there to preach the gospel and try to save babies. Yes. Who knows, like maybe the person that walked in changes their mind last minute or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we never know how God works. So right. we also answered a few objections. Nick talked about uh, refuting uh, bodily autonomy. Mm-hmm. And he also shared uh, the acronym SLED. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I did not, not know until like he brought it up to me. I love yes. SLED. So it is. It, it, it proves that it is, a, it is a human person in the womb, right? So simple. It is. Like so profoundly simple. Mm-hmm. And anyone yeah. can learn it. <laughs> anyone who hasn't listened to uh, the episode with Nick, I, I recommend that, you, that they listen to it. It's super helpful. Yeah. I, I kind of want to take a different approach with you guys. Okay. And, and partly it's because of your experience and and also, um, you know, uh, Ben, clearly he does his homework. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and he thinks through these things. He's the brainiac of <laughs> our, our marriage. <laughs> no, wait, 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 even so far in this discussion, I'm like, I'm learning a lot just from the little notes that you shared. And I know you have a lot more in there. I do. <laughs> I have all day. Okay. Okay, so I want to discuss this whole idea of abolishing abortion, right? Some say that we should just do it immediately, where we just want to abolish it completely. And others want to say, well, we're going to slowly and gradually get there. Mm-hmm. So it, can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I, I think it's good to first define those two things, right? So so uh, what is incrementalism and what is immediatism? Now, there's an article I found helpful, uh, actually by an incrementalist, uh, Joe Carter in the Gospel Coalition, and he defines incrementalism like this. Quote, supporting legislative actions that affirmatively protect the unborn and women, reduce abortion, and have the potential to pass current constitutional scrutiny. End quote. That last part, uh, the potential to pass current constitutional scrutiny is key and it packs a lot. But uh, going to immediatism, the same article defines it like this. Quote, the idea that incrementalism should be rejected and that the most or only Moral position is the immediate and total abolition of abortion, end quote. So these are very, you know, pithy and general definitions, right, that, that pack a lot within. Uh, it really boils down to one question. Which authority will you ultimately submit to? Is this the principle we see in Acts 4, uh, verses 19 through 20, when Peter and John are being questioned by the authorities, and they're being warned not to speak in the name of Christ? They say, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. And so incrementalists generally hold to the idea that decisions handed down by the Supreme Court of the United States are as valid as law. Because anything that goes against it is generally struck down by lower courts. Lower courts usually don't want to go against the Supreme Court and therefore it's uh, usually defeated. Uh, Now, I'm not saying that Christians that call us to submit to the Supreme Court are in sin or, or anything like that. But I do think that they, they are being inconsistent with their claim that Scripture and God is our ultimate authority. Mm. Um, and, and also, this brings us to a discussion of uh, the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. And this is something that I, I recently heard about, uh, but it's basically... Lower magistrates, meaning those in authority, those in lawful authority, elected or uh, named, who receive a dictate or an order by a higher magistrate that is immoral, incorrect, or or, uh, harmful to the people, and they do not obey it, but they rather, in order to protect their citizens or their constituents, stand in the gap between the people and the higher 
authority. So yeah, there's an example in, in the history. There was a higher uh, magistrate, Roman Emperor Trajan, while appointing a subordinate authority, handed him a sword and instructed him saying, use this sword against my enemies, against my enemies if I give righteous commands. But if I give unrighteous commands, use it against me. So it's a, it's a check and balances of power. And it ultimately points us to the fact that no king, no law, no man can make an, an, an ultimate law that is perfectly and completely binding upon the conscience of man. They, they, all laws made by men have to conform to the law of God. Um, and so incrementalists will like to point to Romans 13, uh, to the first two verses, and say, see, we're supposed to submit ourselves to authorities because they're appointed by God. Uh, do they uh, mete out unjust rules? That's fine. You need to submit. However, the next two verses speak of the fact that they are ministers of God to inflict vengeance upon evil, and they are ministers for your good. And so what happens the moment that these magistrates step out of God's will and they do what is evil and unlawful? Do we submit to unlawful commands? Do we submit to unjust commands? Mm. That is where the, the doctrine of the lesser magistrate comes in. But to bring it to our context, it seems like a lot of people hold up the Supreme Court of the United States as if they were uh, gospel truth every time that they speak. Right. Roe v. Wade, they say, is the law. Therefore, all we can hope to do mm. is to try to save as many babies as we can, try to make the abortion clinics as clean as we can so that mm. women don't have mm. any health complications or anything like that, or perhaps try to limit the uh, stage of development that abortions take place, but ultimately cannot strike at the root of the beast, which is, okay. which is to abolish abortion. And so while incrementalists would say, yes, we want to see abortion ended, I'm not so sure that that, that is the case. Uh, there's There was a 19th century slavery abolitionist, William Lloyd Garrison, who described incrementalism like this. Gradualism in theory is perpetuity in practice. So if you have no end goal in sight, mm -hmm. what is your purpose? And so that's where immediatism comes in and says, this is an unlawful command by the higher magistrate. First of all, Roe v. Wade is not law, it's, it's an opinion handed down by right. justices. By This is the judicial branch. The mm -hmm. judicial branch is not supposed to be the legislative branch. Right. However, even so, the lower magistrates have the authority, we're talking state level, we're talking county level, to disobey the mandate given by higher magistrate. Will there be would would there be consequences? Sure, maybe the withdrawal of uh, federal funds or or, yeah. or or something like that. But it is there, mm -hmm. and so when during the time of slavery, we also had incrementalists mm -hmm. and abolition and, and immediatists. Like I just read uh, the quote from the nineteenth century. Mm -hmm. But they would say they would have the same issue. They would say, "Look, are you going to keep?" nibbling at the edges of this or are you going to kill the snake right now mm. and so that's that's what, what we face right now so but to be clear i am grateful for every baby that is saved by incrementalist bills uh or or, or efforts however 
where is it going to end and if there's an objection here to people would say well we live in a simple world are you really saying that you expect abortion to end as long as we are living in a fallen world sin will continue and make no laws available precisely because that's so inconsistent with i'm sure that if someone was to break into their house they would immediately be calling the police Absolutely. you know so why are we going to distinguish between some justice and other justices like right. i don't understand that it's a kind of logic that's not going to take you very far like i said stealing well uh people would still find a way to steal if you regulate it let's make stealing legal then right right nobody would say that that the moment that you try to touch their their wallets or or their bank accounts they will show you objective morality. Yeah, and right. we're not like having this fascination for laws. Like this is coming from two libertarians, mm-hmm. but right. um, any infringement upon my person um, right. is none of your right to do. Right, and right. Th- if we again can prove that the baby does have personhood, you are infringing upon their right to life. Right. And right. and, and one, one final point because incremental is really this is this is why they really. I think that as a nation, speaking just of the United States, of course, this is an, a global wide issue. But speaking just of the United States, incrementalists really want to emphasize vote conservative or vote Republican. Why? Because this president will appoint uh, conservative justices and the justices will uh, overturn Roe v. Wade. Well, we've that has been proven false mm-hmm. so many times. <laughs> but not, not only the emphasis on the justices, but the emphasis on uh, a quote-unquote conservative precedent but here's 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 what i want us to consider when we start treating justices and 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 the federal level the presidency as our hope as what we ultimately look to as mm-hmm. what we ultimately hope will bring about righteousness aren't we going back to 1776 isn't this what we yeah. broke off from england in the first place because mm-hmm. of tyrannical because all power was uh, centered in uh, a few of the powerful. Mm-hmm. That's not how our country was set up. Our country has given state sovereignty to the states uh, to be redundant, mm-hmm. but the states have relinquished that power to the federal. And it's mm-hmm. time that we bring awareness of the fact that uh, lesser magistrates, magistrates can interpose. And you know what? Actually, we, we, we have examples of... Uh, uh, a lot of abolitionist bills. I mean, I can uh, Oklahoma. That one is still pending right there now. There was one in Texas. Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, in. Uh, I have it right here, and I can't read it. Uh, Washington, Indiana, Idaho, uh, Alaska, and you know what? A lot of these bills, most of these bills. Guess who is the most ardent uh, <laughs> opposer of these bills? Yeah. Is it pro-choicers? Nope. I can imagine that we're, what you're going to say now is it's the pro-lifers. Yep. Perse- yeah. in- incrementalists. Okay. Yep. Incremental. Yeah, because they like to claim the oh, term yeah. pro-life, but we're pro-lifers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, incrementalists. Incrementalist. Okay, incrementalist. mm-hmm. okay, yeah. So seeing these words, incrementalism and immediatism, it's like, what? Like, I don't yeah. care about that. <laughs> you know, and how, how would you convince someone... I'm wondering, okay, well, that's not really practical, though. I mean, you still got to go through the law and still got to go through the Supreme Court. Sure. So, so how do you convince someone of that? You know, because no, that that's a good question. Uh, I I I think that 
it's good to think about the implications and, and how would it look like and the mm-hmm. practicality of it all. Uh, the very my very first thought is even if right now, for example, you're asking me, uh, and and I did tell you not to throw me a softie. Sorry, so thank you for that. <laughs> uh, even if even if for example, right now on the spot, I can't give you the whole structure of what it would look like, and I really doubt many people would know how it would look like until mm-hmm. it happened. The question is. When is the right thing to do something when you've got it all figured out or if mm. you have the ability to do it now Good and point. to convince the people, bring awareness to the people, hey, the federal beast is not meant to be mm. the law of the land. Right. Ultimately, as Christians, we bow down to one king, Jesus yes. Christ, and we're just pilgrims in this world. And so therefore, when a higher magistrate brings down an unrighteous command, through the proper channels, we disobey it well i mean and one way that looks like is even how the bills are written i don't know if you want to expand on like our previous experience with there was a bill on the table um in kern county Mm. that we were going to bring up again that was already signed right by um a lot of the local city council yeah Mm. and but it got tabled I forgot why. Right, but but anyways, were, we, were, we were bringing it back up again, mm-hmm. and we ended up actually putting it back down again because mm-hmm. it compromised too much on yeah. what wow. is life, their definitions. of it was Consequences just too, for the mothers. Yeah, it was too compromised. Like, no, we Financial, will actually be lying right. if we bring this up. So can do you remember? So the, there, there were also financial implications for the city. If if something like this were, were to, to, to be handed down, which is what I mentioned before, right? The consequences to uh, lesser magistrates interposing and uh, standing up to higher magistrates. Do you remember uh, how the bill was written? It was too soft, like the way they were approaching abortion. and It was as intimidating as, as a grandpa trying to bite you with his guts. Alright friends, well hopefully you enjoyed that and I pray that it was beneficial to you. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or any platform that you may use. And what would help a lot is if you also give us a 5 star rating. It just helps with the analytics and how these platforms recommend podcasts to other people. So I'd appreciate that. And if you really enjoy this ministry and you want to support, please go to patreon.com slash saintsedified. Right there, you could give a one-time donation or be a monthly contributor. Either if it's a dollar a month, two dollars a month, whatever you can will be will be helpful and greatly appreciated. And if you can't do that, then please just keep us in prayer. Keep this ministry in prayer that it continues to grow and to reach the lost and to edify the saints because that's what we're about here. All right, friends. Well, that's all I got for you today. Until next time, Sola de Gloria.